Well, hello, everybody. Happy New Year and all of those things. I was postulating a little bit in the pre-show about whether it's New Year for everybody because there's Chinese New Year and I think there are some other Eastern uh, cultures that don't... Don't do it on the Gregorian calendar. So there's probably a few places where they're still in 2022 or the year of the whatever it may be. So uh, I guess it doesn't, it's not one size fits all statement is what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way. But this isn't a podcast to do with, uh, you know, calendar systems and uh, belief systems. It's to do with electronic music. And as we enter 2023, this is our first show of the year. We had a break over Christmas. Uh, thank you very much to everybody uh, for um all your support over the last year and uh, we see you all there's a bunch of people in the chat i've been tinkering we've got uh, little icons and whatnot i want to say thanks to wagyu for moderating as ever and uh, for dom for setting up the, uh, the the cross chat posting which unfortunately is not working today i'm i'm seeing everything but it's not going back to youtube so if you're missing something uh, that's okay but dom dom's uh, in, indisposed and we wish him all well um, i'm sure it'll all be fine um, when he gets back on the case but uh, just for today, we're, we're, we're without, but we can manage. Uh, and in the meantime, I don't know if how everybody else has been doing. I mean, had a, I had a pretty good break. I have, I'm, do seem to be fighting off a cold, which is a bit disappointing. I wanted to start the year, you know, feeling ready and ready to go. But we can talk about that stuff a little bit later on. In the meantime, we've got our guests. Uh, but I should just quickly do a plug for my Patreon, uh, because Patreon, as we say, is getting more important now, as there's a sort of more of a financial squeeze, the, the independent support that we get from our patrons is very much valued and something that you may be interested in yourself. Let me play this. Have I mentioned our Patreon? I believe I may have done once or twice. Anyway, there's uh, two basic tiers. Even at the basic le level, you get uh, ad-free versions of all of our uploaded content. Uh, if you want to go a little bit higher, it's still only $5.50 a month, cup of coffee perhaps. And it, what it does is it helps you support Sonic State, which in these times when advertising is a little bit difficult, the revenue is quite hard to uh, be sure of, just means it retains our independence. And not only that, but you'll get exclusive videos. There's extra videos that we post to most of our Sonic Lab reviews. Uh, there's also ad-free versions of everything. We do patch downloads, we do sample set downloads, and other exclusive videos that you're not going to find everywhere else. In fact, uh, we hope to be bringing some of that for our upcoming EMOM um, broadcast which is on the 26th of November in case I haven't plugged that already. But please do consider supporting us. It's much appreciated. Gosh, I really need to update that, don't I? It's so out of date. It's pre-EMOM, uh, which... Uh, and actually, speaking of which, uh, here is one of our guests who is uh, post-EMOM. It's Jamie from Geosynths who played there. You may have seen that. Um, Jamie played a blinder. In fact, everybody played a blinder. Uh, you're, you're well, uh, sir? Had a good Christmas and break and all of those things? Yeah, yeah, it's been good, actually. Uh, um, probably chilled. Uh, but then again, uh, I'll say to you earlier on, it was it was good to actually get in here when because I you know share this office building with different companies uh, that they weren't here, so I could turn it all up and uh, have a bit of a, a jam and a, a blast, really. So so that was good. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, yeah. Because normally it's headphones, but uh, I was having a bit of a jam, just trying out a, a few sort of new things. But then I just found myself back in sound design land as usual. So, but that's not a bad thing. So. I was uh, working on this. Ah, OBX8. Right, yes. okay. You're doing some patches for that, right? Yeah, yeah. I've done them all. Uh, uh, I, I got it at first and I uh, started doing some sounds, but then I had to carry on with some other synths. And it's only recently I've got back onto it. So, uh, yeah, I've done 128 and sounding pretty wow. nice. 
It's interesting, isn't it? I think there's lots of nooks and crannies in there that are perhaps not so immediately obvious. I mean, the page two stuff, but some of the discrete routings are quite something you'd sort of have to find. There's things on the edges and the corners of things that you don't ordinarily see, first of all, right? That's, I mean, that's spot on. I mean, the edges and the corners is where I kind of live, really, when it comes to sound design, um, rather than just doing the obvious things of, of doing vintage sounds, even though I've done some of them, because you have to. Um, yes, yeah, so it's got jump. jump. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not jump. jump. How many patches yeah. have you got that reference jump, but that aren't jump? Not jump. Jump this yes. time. Yeah, exactly. Skip. Yeah. Hop. Yeah, skip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, I've I've mainly really just been do, trying to see, you know, what it can do outside of just what you typically sort of think of a couple of sorties detuned and then what, you know. So, uh, yeah. yeah, very surprising. Excellent. Well, lovely to have you, Jamie. Of course, Geosynths uh, has got his own YouTube channel. You can find a lot of stuff about what he does, also patch designs and all of those kind of things. He's a, 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 a cottage industry in his own right. Uh, here is Mr. Gaz Williams More as well. Fun. Lovely to see you. Happy New Year. Um, nice to see you. Um, of course, Gaz is uh, on YouTube. I've got you. I've updated your lower third. It no longer says gazwilliams.me, you'll be pleased to know, because that Thank you. The, 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 the image on that webpage is so out of date that I don't think you've actually got a full beard and your hair's short so it must be oh. well out of date <laughs> it's so out of date yeah but hello hello How everybody happy new year yeah i'm good thank you i'm uh yeah i'm sort of um mulling over this new year now so it's uh it's kind of interesting uh as i think many of you know i've just completed a tour with a charlotte church late night pop dungeon and she's yeah called it looks right after seven years so I'm like a little bit, um, what next? Because that's been quite a major thing for me. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of be casting the net out, I think. for. So I want playing gigs. That's what floats my boat more than anything else. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, no. It's, well, Gaz, you'll be pleased to know we've now got a date for Emom Two, and uh, oh. I know you didn't play last time. You were sort of in the middle of. You were very graciously said, "Well, I'm gigging all the time. I don't need necessarily. I need. I don't need the fix. But if we can help supply <laughs> that fix by getting you to play at uh, this next one, then that would be marvelous. Oh, yeah. I'll put your name down. I'm actually going to be playing at Froom's Breeze Block Beats, which is an Emom that oh, happens. Oh yeah. In in the town of Froome on the 21st of January. So uh, really looking forward to that. And uh, I mentioned just before the beginning of the show, in front of me is my live rig, which I pulled all the cables out at about 3am this morning. Uh, and I'm desperately trying not to look at it. So if you see me looking like this during the show. Yeah. Having an idea. Yeah. My library. But um, the reason for that is, is that uh, I'm sure many people who've sort of dabbled with live modular um is just trying to f find uh strategies that are going to get you through the kind of vagaries that get thrust upon you in the live context you know so just trying to simplify things a little bit and then one oh shall i give this game shall i give this away hmm. i'll tell you what i will because i think it's interesting because i think for people who are going well what you know this modular malarkey is a load of rubbish isn't it um there are things that come up, come out in that modular kind of workflow that just really is quite is quite astonishing. An example being, I've got um, the classic Mutable Instruments grids, which is like essentially pre-programmed drum patterns. Um, yeah. But if you take the hi hat out and feed it into a clock divider, and then feed that 
the different outputs of the clock divider into various other beats, then as you modulate the, the amount of hi-hats playing or even what the pattern is playing of the hi-hat, obviously everything downstream of that then gets affected. Um, and it just is amazing because everything's kind of locked into this kind of groove that's coming off the hi-hats because, you, know, ah. you know, the clock divider dividing down in sort of by two, by four, by eight. It's all just sort of linear divisions. But because they each of those clock divisions are coming off whenever those hi-hats happen to pass, you just get the most amazing beats. And I'm like, I'm like just going, I made this without, you know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sort of, do you know what I mean? As opposed yeah. to sort of laboriously p- programming everything, you know, I made it, it's mine, but it's Excellent. kind of, it sounds... Do you know what I mean by that? Because, I mean, people could say, like, oh, preset beats. It's not really preset beats. It's just, like, curated. You're improvising, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, so uh, things uh, like yeah. that, they, they yeah. blow my mind. Nice. Oh, well, that sounds good. I mean, this is all good stuff. I mean, as we know, you know, the the... the We've been through the Christmas period. There's not been an awful lot of release, although uh, tomorrow, I should point out, uh, we have got a great big video uh, that Gaz shot with uh, Christoph yeah. from Osmos, uh, on the, uh, oh, from wow. Expressive on the Osmos. That's coming out at 5 o'clock tomorrow. We're going to post tomorrow? it as a premiere. Tomorrow hey. at 5 p.m., yeah. Uh, and uh, so that that's a... Sit down, grab a cup of tea. That's uh, 49 minutes or, or, or 39, a lot. Basically, a lot of minutes, more than half an hour. And then we've got another half an hour, 20 minutes of stuff. Uh, just go through patches for the Patreon supporters as well. So uh, do do, mm. do um, make sure you do that if you're supporting us on Patreon. Keep an eye on that. There's a yes. bunch of stuff coming up. Something worth mentioning about that extra Patreon content is that there's lots of extra patches played by Christoph, who is actually probably... Great player, the isn't he? Premium... Osmos player in the world right now, you know, before they reach the hands of others, of course. But uh, so he plays all sorts of interesting styles. And I think that'll be interesting for people who kind of not quite sure what it's all about or what musical applications are, uh, you know, practical on it. He he shows many. And I think his videos are really good. So that's exciting. Woohoo. I think it's going to be a pretty major, uh, major hit. This thing, uh, as long as they can build as me- enough of them to supply demand, yeah. I think it's going to be one of those things that really just takes off. I, um, I really hope just so. a, that video. Just in case anyone's interested, one what we really focus on on the video, the, the the main video that's coming out tomorrow is all through the OS and exactly what you can do on board um, and why that stuff is there. So uh, one thing I'm anticipating about the Osmos is because you don't really have sound design tools on board. You have play design tools. Mm, Performance Mm. design, yeah. 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 Yeah, so yeah, so, I yeah. think people. Yeah, so it might suit some people. I mean, it, it's it's not. It, it shifts the paradigm to a degree, doesn't it? Each patch, I think mm-hmm. people have said, is an instrument in itself. Because if it's designed yeah. properly, and you'll probably find this, Jamie, if you're going to get involved in in this at all, which would be really interesting to see what you think of it. It, it mm. it's you know you've got a starting point, and then it goes to all sorts of different places. But that's depending on that's per note, depending on what you play. So it's quite an interesting. Uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, a proposition. That's what I was yeah. looking for. Is there a okay. steep learning curve with it? I mean, compared to using things like the Rollies, and, and you know, is it more immediate 
using it? I think I think it's more immediate. It's more obvious to yeah. me. I mean, I didn't play it as much as Gaz did, but I, I, I turned up at the end of the shoot and just played a bit, and I played it before. It feels much more familiar than the Roly. The thing about the Roly is because there's this resistance, the sponginess, which works really well for certain things. I mean, it definitely does things that the Osmos can't, but you need strength on the muscles that... Mm. Those muscles, which is very unusual for mm. a keyboard player. Most of the strength is this way rather than this way. And you get, I found when I play the Roly, I get these kind of uh, kind of cramps in my hands because I've got quite mm -hmm. small hands anyway. But So if you're trying to make chords, and I think the Osmos is less uh, resistive. I think that would be a fair thing, would you say, Gaz? It's, it feels yeah, less... I mean, like Feather-like touch can kind of trigger it. and But what I would say, one of the big differences is that you've got this display and a really quite a decent amount of control over how you can just completely fine-tune it. But that display is clear. And I don't know if you've seen other Expressive E products, but they've got a really beautiful UI. It goes across their plugins mm. and, um, the, you know, the uh, the host for the uh, the Touche Lié. They've got a very nice, a very nice sort of um, kind of look about it, and that kind of carries through. So the actual display itself is marvellous, and it's full of really funny icons as well. So mm, yeah, really, it's, it's a delightful, it's delightful, it's a beautiful thing. Anyway, well, we should probably get on to some of the topics because we do have topics and I can test out some of my new buttons because I've basically figured out a few things. Uh, so I'm going to press this button here and everything should all happen at once. I'm hoping it does because otherwise I'll look like a right chump. Hello and welcome to another Sonic Lab. Today I'm looking at a pair of speakers which is... A bit of a tricky thing to review and I will warn you now that there'll be a lot of talking and not a lot of sound in this because obviously the only way I could get you to hear these speakers would be by miking them up and then playing them over YouTube which would just be kind of weird. But anyway, these are the new IK Multimedia iLoud Precision Monitors. What I Right, I mean, watch the video. I put that out between Christmas and New Year and it wasn't really, it's not kind of a thing about them really, but it's this sort of sensation that one has. I mean, we use our ears all the time, you know, and we kind of make do, you know, you be, you become used to the monitors that you use and you sort of sometimes think, I don't risk trying a new one because it might upset my equilibrium. It might, might make it hard for me to judge other things. Once I've heard something a different way, how am I going to then go back to hearing the bass on the monitors that I'm used to, which may be less or better or whatever. And I thought this just was an interesting topic, really, because with the iLoud uh, Precisions, you know, what they've done with these is they've tried to make these into, a, you know, expensive studio monitors studio monitors that might cost you four five six seven grand a pair and in my opinion they've done actually a pretty damn good job and what i found when i was reviewing it which was a lot of talking and i suppose a lot of talking now is it's just that night and day thing you turn the speakers on and you go blimey i haven't heard any of that stuff before on this material that i thought i knew really well this is really weird uh, i i and i just wondered what you kind of thought you know have you found your ideal ones are you looking would you risk a change of monitors what would it have to what would what what would those monitors have to give you that made you would make you consider going you know what i'm going to jump um i'll come to you first jamie because i mean sound design is your thing right you know so the nuance mm. is quite important so you need to hear those details presumably and particularly when you're presumably making 
normalizing those patches across a bank so they all have a sort of similar level and a similar energy and whatever it is that they need to have there's a mastering process which is involved in that as well right yeah yeah there's uh, quite a lot of that i think really for me um there's two sorts of monitors aren't there really there's ones that are kind of incredibly accurate but they don't particularly sound very pleasing especially listening to them over a long period of time i mean the last expensive ones i bought were tannoy ellipse 8s which were like these kind of oval ones with this super tweeted dome on the top of it and this was like sort of mid 2000s i got them and they were they were about sort of 900 pounds each um something like that maybe actually more thinking about it um but they were you know sort of dual concentric out of the tweeter in the middle and this super tweeter and very very accurate especially the stereo imaging you could you could you knew exactly where everything was but just not very pleasing but you can get others which are quite hyped at the top end and hyped at the low end i mean i've just sitting in here i've just got like some hs7s um i've got some hs8s but they boom too much and they're just like hi-fi speakers really um and they get you into the groove a little bit you know they they they, mm. they are over height it's like spiny KCU, isn't it really um so um but i tend to when it comes to sound design when i'm re it's very much like trying to lift the fog of uh, uh, as much as you can uh, so you can really listen into that what that frequency is doing and and then you're able to see the shapes of, you know in your mind's eye and i just i tend to use headphones now i've got these um audio technica atx 50s and they can sit on my head all day long and i don't get tired of them i mean they do have a bit of a pleasing tone to them um but that's how i tend to sort of work them really though these ones they do look they do look amazing um I mean, I don't know how much I'd mess them up, though. I'd be forever fiddling with the microphones, you know, trying to balance everything, and then not not sure, not knowing if what I'm hearing is actually correct or or just I'm liking it because it's different. Um, so I don't know. That's they interesting. Well, I I, I I I mean, I, I, as a reveal here, I, I find the auto room correction, which is the thing that one of the features the DSP does, uh, is you know you can flatten out any lumps you've got in your speaker but i didn't like that i found it much more pleasing uh, fully natural i found the arc sounded a bit artificial but having said that i spoke to the people at, uh, at ik and they said well what you need to do is you set it up and then you spend 20 or 30 minutes listening to them like that rather than just kind of oh i don't like it switch it off you then listen mm -hmm. to them you know so your ears become attuned to it because then you get more accuracy but i found personally and i didn't do that i suppose i preferred the open sound but uh very impressive and and the thing the DSP does is time align all those frequencies. So as you say, the stereo imaging mm. is bonkers. I mean, it's literally, you can tell the difference between that and that. And I've never heard that yeah. on, or you don't hear that on many speakers that, you know, cost a normal. Anyway, Gaz, I know you're into speakers. You've got a decent yeah. pair of General X and other stuff as well. Uh, you've got the little iLoud MTMs, haven't you? The IKs? Yeah, and I've got them kind of coming across this way. Uh, I used to have them both coming across this way, so I could go between both sets. But actually, it's one of those things I can rotate and have them come in. And it's bizarre. Same room, same listening position, except rotated, different pair of speakers, a million percent different, you know, it's bizarre. Right. So 
this whole kind of monitor thing is, you know, is a conundrum. I've been using East Genelex for over 20 years now, and I am, like, you know, touching on what you said at the, at the intro on this piece um, about doing stuff not using those is is slightly worrying. I've worked on, like, over 300 commercial releases or more with these monitors uh, over the years. And by and large, when I hear the work that I've done, and that's mostly mastering and mixing, really, with these monitors, uh, I'm always generally quite pleased. So right. they've given me a confidence and a and yeah. sort of, you know, I can get the job done because I can just not question it too much. I can put my faith you into know, that. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. to replace them, I did for a short while have a pair of Munro eggs, which were sat on the top of these, uh, the big ones, and then they need a separate power amp. They're kind of egg-shaped monitors. And when you would go between the two monitors, toggling on the playback, the... Uh, you could hear the boxiness of the Genelex. I mean, Genelex have moved away from the box design now to something a little bit more egg-like in the 80 range. And those would probably be the 80, 8040s, I think, would probably right. be the one that I'd go to next, just because there is that sort of family thing with Genelex. Now, Genelex are not vibey speakers. They are um, kind of bright and revealing um and you know take no prisoners uh the mtms on the other hand are quite uh, really different uh the, these ones have that microphone as well and mm. uh i've got them they are currently set up with the microphone um but you can on the back you can switch it there's three modes of the mtms you can have them either playing the yeah the room uh the a arc or what, what's it called sorry the uh, arc the room correction yeah yeah uh arc and you can also have them um in like a, what's called a desktop mode which is sort of like a eq'd for the typical bounce that uh, speakers positioned on a desktop would do, or then there's the normal mode, and then there's various kind of tone controls that you can do yeah. to tailor that as well. So they're pretty tailorable. Um, but the notable thing is the top end is so different. So when you switch from the Genelex into the into the IKs, it feels like the top end complete, completely collapses. And I mean, this might be for a bunch of reasons. Uh, and my initial, my initial thing is, <laughs> but then I stick in the in the uh, IKs for a you know for a while. So this would back up what they were saying, mm. and then I I start getting in, attuned into it, and the bass is tighter and more defined than the the bigger speakers, the than the Genelex, and uh, and then when I switch back to the Genelex after being in the, in those for a bit, then my head's gone. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? So I suppose that's I try, that, yeah. I try not to do too much of that switching, and I think ultimately that sort of stuff is a distraction. If I've got a job to do, I'll keep the, the MTMs turned off. I'll work on the Janelex, and I'll do the job, right. and I won't because you question it. I won't go that and undermine because yeah. I'll just get confused and then start crying. I wonder. I mean, the the thing the thing that I wonder about is as well because modern DSP technologies now. I mean, one thing about DSP, I know uh, Ty spoke about this quite a long time uh, when he was looking for studio monitors, and he found latency was introduced with the DSP in some of the speakers that he tried. I, I have to say, in the uh, uh, the iLab Precisions, there is none. You know, it's absolutely fine, but. 
what DSP can do that is, I would imagine, is almost impossible to do in traditional analog making a speaker in a box with an amp design is getting that phase alignment, that time alignment, all of the and the frequency response because you can just you you can mess with it to kind of make the performance outperform what you would expect in a box of that size. So you end up hearing something that you would, you would just not hear that in a set of speakers. You know, if they were just regular analog speakers and an amp, it's, uh, it's less likely that you're going to have it tuned properly to get the, the same phase alignment. That's the, the tweeter and the, 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 the woofer, the frequencies arriving all at the same time, the mush that you get in the crossover because the amp that drives the, ba the, the bass driver and the amp that drives the uh, tweeter there's this sort of area where the frequencies cross over because you don't get that you have this and that leads to sort of all sorts of smeary stuff and you don't get that with with speakers that use dsp to kind of fix all of that stuff and i suppose that's the benefit i mean this is not just an ik thing i think it's in general you know that's that's what you can do with speakers with dsp and and, uh, and that's really impressive i think yeah, I used the KRK Ergo for years and years and years until it became essentially sadly obsolete because of its firewire, firewire drivers, uh, which you needed to do for, for running the kind of the room software yeah. and stuff. But they, that was a brilliant unit. I loved that. And I used that with the the, uh, the X for many, many years. Um, and that... Do you use the sub at all, Cass? I've got another set of monitors at the other end of the studio, um, pre-Sonus Eris ones, and I've got a sub with them. But uh, that's for vibe and not for mm. uh, not for sort of particularly critical listening. I have had a sub. Um, that's I where I get that... everything wrong, is the low end yeah. kick drums and things like that. And of course, with what you do, you with playing bass i mean that's something that you've yeah. got to be really focused on and that was quite surprising you know from watching your review nick about how sort of low these speakers go for like six and a half inch woofers where was it something like 37 37 to, to 30, 37 hertz to 30k flat pretty much it's Ow. they do sound like they've got a sub with them you look you listen to them and just go where's the sub and it's really, like you say, Gaz, with the MTMs, which are much smaller, it's tight and focused and clear. And that's the thing that's, you know, which I, is unheard of. I don't usually get to hear that kind of stuff, you know, so mm. yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it would be interesting to have a listen to them um, because the, the problems I have, you know, not that I do a whole lot of music these days, but, um, you know, the, the room's not great. The treatment I've got isn't great, and you know I'll be sitting in the middle. It sounds good, but if I just move a little bit to the left, the bass disappears or something like that. So um, mm. um, I don't know. I, th I think uh, these it, low end. I just I'm usually all right with the rest of it, uh, but low end is it's a guess. Yeah, half the time. That well, that's yeah, that and that's what you get when you start paying more <laughs> and because mm. they assume also they assume that if you're paying more for monitors your room is going to be a little bit more you're not going to be mixing in a bathroom you know or whatever you know they, you're going to have something which has an appropriate level of acoustic treatment which you know you're not necessarily going to have anyway i don't want to drill on it too much we've actually got to, there's 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 more stuff we've got to mention but i just thought it was an interesting chat because i think 
might relate to a little bit further on to what we're going to be talking about in terms of uh, uh, you know where the where things are going. So uh, anyway, let's uh, let's hear from our friends over at uh, Isotope. Isotope's Ozone 10 is the future of mastering. The new version includes the master assistant, which matches your master to any reference file. The advanced version includes a stabilizer module, adding mixed clarity with an intelligent and adaptive mastering EQ, and an impact module, which enhances the rhythm by controlling microdynamics. Don't forget, you can use the code SONIC10, that's SONIC10, at isotope.com forward slash SONIC TALK to save an additional 10% of any one-off software purchase. That's SONIC10 at isotope.com forward slash SONIC TALK. No, no, I I just wanted to jump in just really quickly about Ozone 10, if I may, because I've done my first first session. I've been using it. Oh, nice. Yeah. And with um, working with Billy Salisbury, uh, undercover hippie, who's a really entertaining artist. Um, but when I work with him, he's just really into the technical side of things. So what that enabled us to do is go really into like the shaper and... Uh, and have a have a have a good play with that and see if it you know what it actually does because these things you know you look at the kind of at the advertising sort of mumbo jumbo a little bit and it all sounds really interesting but what you know what does it actually do one of the things that's kind of cool now there's a, a delta logo and this is on numerous modules and that lets you listen to what it does with muting everything else and then that's really interesting because when you listen to this thing that's meant to be just sort of just bringing the the details out front. If you just listen to that on its own, it's a mad effect. It's really interesting. Um, but what it does is, it. I felt a bit vindicated. Do you remember years ago I was talking about how I love to use uh, dynamic EQs on masters, just so there's always a sense of the frequencies are just always shifting and unmasking and right. moving all the time. But putting them in almost randomly but you know not being too fussy about where they go but just just to kind of have this kind of spectral animation going on well that seems like what the shaper is doing and it's this kind of weird thing that when you turn it on and when you turn it off it's uh it it when you turn it on it the music just it just does become it affects you 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 are more emotionally drawn into it it's a peculiar thing but i you know and the analogy i think is you know that gorgeous feeling when you're opening up a filter or when you're playing a wah-wah that you know frequencies that are shifting just draw us in we just get really it, it does something to us doesn't it we are like oh filter movements just just <laughs> it pull you yeah, in I wonder, I, yeah that's interesting i wonder if it's because uh, subconsciously it's it's the, the 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 what our mouths do you know effectively yeah. you know it's like singing that so we have an emotional content uh connection to it because it's it's like singing you know the way that we express I, yeah, anyway yeah. that's probably a bit but yeah no interesting nice <laughs> nice um let's see what else we got uh i have uh oh yeah we got to do this i mean this is this is kind of resolutions and trends. I'm going to see if this button works because uh, it didn't last time. It might do this time. So stand by. Anything could happen. Okay, so uh, hello. We're here at Tokyo. We're at Harajuku. Yeah, there we go. It didn't work. So uh, <laughs> I'll have to do this. I know what to do. I, I'm going to do uh, uh, this one. This is what I need to do. I press this button, and so yeah, this is an Infinite article, but it wasn't really th- this. And this is that they're basically kind of coming up with the idea. You know, okay, what so is, uh, what hello, is it? That- God damn it! Press the button. Oh. 
Yes, that's what I want to do. Resolutions and trends. Yeah, obviously still got a bit too much work. So obviously we've had a year. Uh, there are things afoot. You know, there's shifts and changes globally. There's, you know, all sorts of factors that are kind of coming into play, including shortages and, you know, lack of shortages, design now. So uh, what Infonet did, uh, um, they've basically kind of i think this is a fairly it's almost like a marketing thing really it was just the first thing i could find that just illustrated what people might think and according to them they think the global streaming music market is expected to grow rapidly uh, it reached 29 billion us dollars last year and in tw uh, and, and is going to grow by another 15 percent. so they say there's going to be ai in production uh, vr concerts a proliferation of home studios. I mean, you know, yeah, that that's what made me think this is absolute nonsense. But, you know, take, it's more illustrative. And then automation and music promotion. What I'm interested in is kind of, there's two aspects to this. What what do you think the trends are going to be for the coming year? And has that, and have you made any sort of resolutions that might reflect that? Or, you know, made any New Year's resolutions creatively that you want to pursue? Uh, Jamie. I, I know it's a pretty massive question. I realise that, but I thought it was, you know, we should, we should tackle it. We're up to it, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, I think the things are going to be, uh, well, everyone's been talking about AI and how that sort of influences and, and you know, Gaz earlier on talking about ozone and, and I sort of used their, their assistant, um, and it's come up with some very interesting sort of results, probably better than I could just come up with from scratch. Um, mm. So I think AI is going to have its uses. Um, uh, also scares me a little, um, you know, that it could uh, not not necessarily just take sort of music, but end of the day, I suppose fundamentally, fundamentally, what I do is is patterns. So <laughs> it could put me out of a job. Um, so the, there's there's that. I think there's going to be more though with AI, especially now that you know a lot of um, it's opening up like GPU as well as your CPU for um, more sort of plugins um, and better sort of plugins, more accuracy, I suppose, over time. Though I don't know. Um, AI, I just hope it doesn't turn in. There was an episode on Black Mirror, wasn't there, with uh, Miley Cyrus, where she was like in a coma and they plugged into her and they were make, pulling off her ideas from a and making new tracks and everything. So uh, <laughs> I hope it doesn't go down that sort of route. Well, that's um, not AI, is it? That's that's just like brain harvesting, which is probably yeah, a bit more yeah. sinister in many ways. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I see what but, you're uh, saying. I mean, I think personally, though, stuff I want to do more is is probably just, yeah, out more performing and uh, just writing some some more music. Really, uh, sound design is the day job. That's ninety percent of what I do in in here. But um, yeah, just to get back into it because that's why I got into all this in the first place. Some what nineteen eighty eight. So uh, it was to do music. So yeah, mm. a lot more of that. I think. Though at my Absolutely. age, I've no idea what sort of music to do. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's I, I understand. Well, follow your nose. I think. I think it's interesting. I think uh, again, AI. I think what what we perceive as is likely that the hype around AI is, you know, there's going to be 
AI music and AI everything and we're just going to consume it and it's going to be, we're going to be force fed it. I think actually more likely AI is going to be creeping in at the edges, at the periphery of things. It's like, oh yeah, that's really useful. Uh, AI can do Mm. this and we'll start to, it will start to be useful as a tool rather than a a complete replacement for the creative mind because that's that's just not going to happen unless, you know, it's it's entirely possible that a, a musical trend develops where it is an AI doing pop and that's just what the kids are listening to for instance but i can't see it lasting long i think at the moment because there's a lot of mistrust of mm-hmm. the man or the, you know the the administration all over the world i just don't think ai is going to get in on that level i think it'll be very useful in other areas myself and guys what about you what do you th- what do you think trend wise and, and and what you'd like to actually see well just to carry on with that ai thing sort of and what you were saying there is kind of interesting about it like there's certain novelties that kind of happen, but what are the kind of real things that will actually make a difference? I've always wanted like an AI engineer. Um, when I've had the luxury when I'm producing to have an engineer working with me and someone, and that's so great. I wish I'd have done more than that. I typically on my production would be the engineer and the producer, but when you have that engineer and an engineer that you can just trust and you can go, okay, you know, get, get a drum sound up, they get the drum set up. You can be focused on other aspects of their production. So having like an AI engineer who, like, say you've recorded a load of drums, you just go, get me a drum mix up. Okay. And then the engineer sort of plays it and goes, what do you think? Say, mm, yes, give me another one. <laughs> Bring, they give you another drum mix. Um, or You know, where that would be going to, that, that's on a multi-mic drum kit uh, with, say, you know, 12 mics on the kit with all of the kind of phase issues and all the various things like that. You know, the AI could sort of like timeline and do all of that kind of sort of super time-consuming stuff. Yeah. And just, you know, mm. that kind of stuff is quite interesting to me, that things that kind of slow things down, if you can speed mm. things up, then that'd be pretty cool. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people say, oh, yeah, but I love doing all that, setting up all the drum tracks and say... Yeah, but it does. But not, take you know, people don't want to pay for it. You know, no, they, that's, they don't want to pay that's for the that other time. thing. I think that's a really valid point. I mean, and in many ways, you know, it's. It, I think a lot of when you're doing a lot of production, there's a lot of stuff that goes behind the scenes that you know, it's not just getting yeah. the mix up. It's like that's a bit too out of time, but everything else is great. Can we just fix that bit? That's a bit too out of tune. Can we fix that bit? We have, you know, the, the artist isn't there. I mean, t- to varying degrees. Obviously, you can squash the life out of things, but quite often you might just want to nudge things, yeah. and that's that. That's time consuming. If you can AI that, that's going to be useful. Yeah, and sort of tuning vocals, doing it like like auto tune, but with you know with that melodyne, a combination of the two. I mean, you sort of can do this with uh, Vary Audio in Cubase. Um, it still takes selected. time, doesn't it? Yeah. But it still takes time. But I think you still have to go through it and make assessments about about that. I used to do a job for a choir company where we would create essentially perfect guide vocals for the different choir members to, to, to sing. So they involved an awful lot of pitching. Um, and so I wonder about whether AI could kind of do some of that sort of stuff, making, you know, like it, it, it can kind of recognise that, that it slurs. So as that slur is, is going up, you know, it's not stair-stepping it, but it's still maintaining the, the slur. The swoop, but, yeah. 
but the swoop, but it sort of is cleverly just centering, you know, when, you know, a singer will often overshoot and then stabilize, but some of that overshoot is quite nice, you know, so being able to kind of like make qualitative assessments of that sort of stuff in AI, you know, again, super useful. And then you come in and listen to it and just maybe just, just hone in on the few spots where you know yeah well you want it's like if you could just kind of go yeah that's great okay bar that that Mm. beat there beat two uh less yeah or more yeah yeah. tighter looser you know those are the sort of things that voice commands could easily assist with and it might be quick enough and then you just get you just approve the final the final thing i I don't know i mean you know i i think this we're we're this is very specific sort of production assistance. I think the creativity of it, I, I, mean, I, I think personally what's going to probably happen in the next year as well is as there's a lot of squeeze on financially uh, all over the place, I think there's going to be a lot of focus on workflow and getting more out of what you've already got and nifty ways to use these things in combinations that you hadn't thought of. And, you know, workflow is a very, for many people who don't, produce music all the time working on workflow is as satisfying in many ways you know because you're coming up with these kind of really cool ways to do things okay you know maybe no one will ever see that i mean it's part of what i do here and i know you do this to a certain degree gaz as well in your spare time it's like a thing it's nice to be able to go oh yeah if i if i set this up this way it's very pleasing to me and it'll do all these clever things okay i might not use it but i think a lot of people enjoy that process that are involved in you know that are the sort of people that buy the software buy the music you know they're not in the charts they're just hobbyists but that is a massive amount of people and i think so there's going to be a lot of that going on myself it's interesting you say that i mean because a lot of things to do with workflow especially if you don't do it a lot is that you it it doesn't become second nature so it's slow everything is slowed down now what what i was thinking when gaz was saying before and talking about having that sort of assistant is a bit like in powerpoint where you have these effects that you just apply to an image and it'll do all these things like a macro of lots of different movements and that's where ai i think could probably help um i'm thinking in terms of you know a cell sound design modulation routines that are, you know, rather than me sitting each time doing the same ones from scratch every time, that I could have this library or a suggestion of uh, modulation routines. Um, so something like the Moog One, you can save uh, all your modulation routines and then load them back up as sort of presets, if, if you like. So I think that'd be cool. That's where uh, it could help out. And, uh, and I wonder if performing live as well, if AI could be used for things like mixing live. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see why not. I mean, there, there, there are uh, algorithms that aren't AI. They're just kind of a set of rule-based things. There's an auto-mix in the X32, which is useful for mics. So if a mic is quiet at a certain time, it goes down. So you don't get feedback if you're doing a roundtable discussion. There's uh, Duggan Auto-Mix or Dugan Auto-Mix, which has been around for many years. And it's a sort of, uh, I think that's a um, uh, patented system for mixing multiple microphones i don't know i mean and in many ways you know a lot of mixing in the when we transition from automated to non-automated systems non-automated to automated mixing systems 
you would do that by using side chains and gate keys and things that would, you know, when the bass drum hits, this happens. When the bass hits, this happens. And the same is happening with dynamic EQ. So we're sort of doing that, you know, that's part of music technology or the music production now already. It's just, it, it sort of has to be built in this massive kind of amorphous cloud of like, you know, everybody does it differently, which I think is the key. You don't want everybody doing it the same because then you'll end up back in the 92 with everybody mixing on Pro Tools doing soft metal and it sounds awful, you know, because it's just all the same, you know, yeah. with Rosetta, Apogee Rosetta converters, you know, and that's that. I don't know. It, it it's it is it's an interesting idea though or some side of auto mixing in that when you're working on something and you're fixated say on the vocals and you kind of uh and you lose the perspective that actually the kick drum is like too quiet or something else you just you know if there was something in the background that was just always kind of at least putting everything into the normal place for you um it's some quite interesting things about that just uh I, uh, again, that thing of when you're working with somebody else, then they they've got perspective when you've lost your own perspective. That is a thing, isn't it? I reckon that might be a thing going forward. Mm. So how to maybe that's you know, what they'll that, have to do. They'll have to go and model a load of uh, sound engineers. You know, so you just pull up yeah. like drummer. You drummer in Logic. logic. Uh, you, you pull up an engineer and it'll apply all these yeah. great. You know, <sighs> things that you have in his pocket into your uh, tracks. Hold on. Now we're getting very close to the Microsoft paperclip here, which is, hey, have you thought about, you know, isn't that essentially, you know, I mean, careful what you wish for. Because, I mean, I know many people who, you know, were prepared to throw entire computers out of windows because of that thing, you know, because it's just so patronizing and irritating too jolly we need maybe ai that's a little more it's got a bit more kind of uh somber solemn and 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 you know maud maudlin ai that just kind of you know i, I don't know i mean I, I, we're all we're all getting it all the time and and it's essentially we as humans we modify you know in a conversation we might be having we are having a conversation we're having a conversation and if we don't know each other very well we'd be continually mod modifying our behavior either to for effect to annoy somebody or to provoke them or to not provoke them you know so that is a continual sense of that's a modification of perspective and change and i suppose ai could be applied to similar principles in 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 something i don't know that's that's a bit wishy-washy i'm afraid moving but. away from ai but following on from what you're talking about with trends and stuff though nick i wonder you know one of the things for me which has been transformative is once i started playing with my modular with somebody else in my case with steve davis uh once i started doing that taking that very solitary thing and meaningfully interacting with other people whether we'll see trends that will facilitate more kind of like doing stuff together you know but in the electronics sphere you know I'm, like many people i've come up with bands i'm a band guy really so i love to play with another person but you know um me and robin vincent have made a video about uh, Elk, which will be, that will be on mm. my channel soon, uh, and Robin's channel, uh, that facilitates jamming, but, uh, but actually getting together and playing music together, um, yeah. you know, like Jamie was saying, when you've got limitations with, with sound, you don't want to disturb people. So 
getting together for jams but on headphones poses a little bit of a communication problem if you're both in headphones. Uh, what I've got in my little jamming set at the other end of the room there is I've got a little foot switch that goes to a talk back. So if you're in the headphones, you can do the talk. But I wonder whether things like that could be more... I, 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 that's a, I think that's a really valid point. I mean, I think because lots of people don't know what it feels like to play with other people. And that might be a kind... I mean, it's a, it can be a revelation. You know, it can be like a, wow, oh, this is so much yeah. more... Or it can also be terribly off-putting if the other person doesn't, you know, you don't fit together creatively or whatever. So maybe that's... Yeah, a, yeah that could be another trend, you know, because that's free, isn't it? Essentially, you don't have to buy... You don't have to pay for that. You could just collaborate. And that's a big thing. I just, really, before we go... I've, I've, we do have another uh, word from uh, friends over at Baby Audio. Let's play that again, shall we? I beg your pardon. Baby Audio <laughs> make creative effects plugins designed to add colour and depth to your mixes. They won Plugin of the Year 2021 in Future Music and Computer Music Magazine, and they were nominated for the SOS Awards two years in a row. Crystalline is an algorithmic reverb plugin inspired by classic 20th century studio reverbs, but offering higher fidelity thanks to 21st century computing power. A reverb plugin with a variety of creative features, such as the ability to tempo sync pre-delay and reverb decay times. You can get 15% off when checking out with the code ST15. Thanks again, Dom, for that. Uh, I will probably try and uh, reverse back to a previous version of this document because I've obviously broken a lot of things that I hadn't any chance to test before uh, <laughs> going live with it. But again, that's all, that's all part of life's rift tapestry and uh, and and the uh, the the. The frisson you get from live streaming, eh? But uh, hopefully it uh, won't uh, lose us our, our very welcome and uh, loyal sponsors. Um, I don't know what else there is to say. I, I just think this is a fascinating conversation because... I mean, so, I mean, let's take it on to the next stage of this, which is, you know, New Year's resolutions. I, I've, I, I went to... Uh, I went out on New Year's Eve. Uh, I had a lovely evening and, you know, people were saying, oh, have you got any New Year's resolutions? And everyone was going, no, I'm not bothering with them anymore. You know, they're too, they're, they're too much of a commitment and everything's so up in the air. I don't want to kind of make my life any more difficult etc etc whatever for whatever reason and i wonder whether that applies to you guys i mean have you have have you made a any new year's resolutions i mean I, i'm thinking maybe in the creative field you know it may be that you want to uh, find all your uh, odd socks but you know that's perhaps not as interesting as something that uh... <laughs> yeah i mean for me like uh, i said earlier on it was really about sort of getting out more and um and that's a bit of a hunger I've seen from from many people, really. That, and it was probably a lot to do with when we weren't allowed out. <laughs> mm. um, they were all sort of around. Yeah, let's get out there and let's get together with other fellow synthesizer humans. And that's what's kind of attracted me to this Emon thing. You know, uh, straight away was that it it's not so much about my bit and what i'm doing it's listening to what other people are doing and how it could progress in you know in the future it reminds me so much of the early days of things like remember disco mix club when you had the dj's doing battles and it was very sort mm. of low key at first and then that grew into something sort of you know a lot more and and i don't know it, it feels like a bit of a kind of second wind really for electronic music it's, it's very grassroots at the minute but um, that's that's what's kind of exciting me. And then with what Gaz was saying about you know people getting together uh, uh, and doing things, uh, not just with with sort of modular, um, but you know just yeah. sort of playing together. I and, think that's uh, okay. And and you have to be you have to be honest here as well. It's just a teensy little bit about 
tinkering with the system that allows you to enable this to happen as well. I mean, I, I, you're probably like me, is that you actually, I mean, I love making all of this stuff work. You know, we've got, you know, one of the things that uh, we found, we've got a new, we We've got a new PTZ camera for our uh, for the next Emon, which means we'll have two, which means it'll make a big difference. You know, that moving shot makes a huge difference. And just integrating, you know, things like that. Those are the sort of things that I really enjoy about, yeah. about that. As well as, I mean, I think that those, uh, John Birch played uh, a set uh, and he's basically been pretty kind of, housebound for a long time stuff from anxiety and panic attacks and stuff and it was a really big deal for him to do it and he came and he played and not only was it lovely that he did it but it was actually really good <laughs> and he got right. he got such a buzz off it and almost that's enough you know if, if you can make a, that much of a difference to one person by putting on one of these events then you know that's almost enough for me but you know I, obviously uh, um, I'm looking for fame riches and Rolls Royces as well as well as being <laughs> able to uh, to tinker with my video equipment and, and automate it to the end degree i know gaz um sorry that was a, a little bit flippant of me but uh, it's interesting is it i mean have you made any resolutions yourself no no i never do because i know i'll never keep no. them uh, <laughs> uh, but i completely enough. concur with you though about about the joy of getting the setup right i mean so i'm playing on the 21st as i mentioned at the top of the show in Froome. so you know that's just oh, yeah. the excuse just to redo my live thing you know and spend copious hours just tweaking <laughs> the, uh, how long's your set how long do you how long do the do you play at, 20 at minutes that's that that's that's about 20 minutes but um i just you know uh, what i'm talking about now is my i've got like a uh it's a, a damaru case uh what's it 104 hp two rows and a and a one euro so euro rack case um and many many more modules and i've got in, you know so I, there's just billions of different iterations that you could kind of set it up but anyway what i'm trying to think about though is i played live for the first time on my own um with modular last year as part of the we all play synths event that happens um every i think it's every th three months in Bristol, mm. in uh, Lost yeah. Horizon. That's, that's an EMOM. That's really, really, really good event. Uh, I was meant to play for 15 minutes. By about 10 minutes, I'd sort of kind of done everything. <laughs> that, Said everything you wanted to say. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you know, so I've been like listening to uh, like quite a bit of techno lately um, and listening to acts like Daniel Avery, who's just, what he does is quite sort of almost kind of classic simple techno but the length of time he'll stay on a particular thing before moving on you know i'm i'm just so maximalist i'm always trying to just get there straight away and um and yeah. just having a little bit more just being a bit more relaxed about it underworld another great example you know the, the underworld really take their time with what they're doing um so maybe that as a not a resolution, but maybe a thing this uh, year is yeah. just to try and just to try and just take my time and just like let things just sit and simmer for a, a bit, you know, and don't, you know, something that I suffer from is always trying to, I want to always be like, you know, Pazow, yeah, come on, you know, mm. excitement, it's sort of, yeah, this, you know, impressive, but music, you don't want to listen to imp impressive things musically, do you? That's not... 
Well, sometimes you do. Uh, I'll tell you someone you should listen to. I don't know. You, you, you were there that night. It was uh, when we left the day, the night we left Superbooth the last time. And there was a, there was some techno uh, playing at the Bungalow Dorf in the, which is in the woods out there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, and it was Mark Verbose, and oh, yeah. he is a master absolute master at that you know because he just plays with the verbo system and it's it's like a hi-hat a snare maybe one or two other things and he just and a kick drum and and it it might not even have that much tradition you know so there might be two or three percussive elements and then uh, something and his his builds and his you know i I was it really opened my eyes because he's obviously lives in berlin he's used to playing in that environment in sort of that that techno club environment normally i would think oh that's not for me it's just too repetitive and not enough interest but he's really good at that might be worth listening to a bit of his stuff as well i don't know if he does if he records but if anyone's any head of his sets it really it really happens in the moment it's very very good and that might be uh, an inspiration as well but i think that's a that's a good good i'm the same i mean you know all my life i've worked in pop music and it's like eight bar any more than eight bars and something's got to happen man otherwise <laughs> otherwise you're done for four yeah. these days probably yeah. you know or maybe even only two you know so yeah so yeah yeah it's an interesting one i've got i've well, got much more drums on modular than i thought i would you see i've right. I really love it and I, that's taking me down that more techno route and i did not expect to be going there interesting interesting um, well, I, I think, yeah, I, I mean, again, this isn't, you know, we're not like a, a panel of futurists or anything. It's just, I just think there's, there's an interesting kind of, uh, direction that I think will go. And I think there's a certain level of, you know, there, there's trends, you know, there, there are trends which technology will take you in a direction of, and we were talking about this, um, um, I think, uh, uh Synthfest, weren't we, Gaz? The fact that, you know, there's, there's a really interesting, technology enables certain kinds of music. Certain artists will adopt, you know, uh, the Mitsubishi 32 track digital, for instance, they'd be the first one to make the album. Everybody goes, Oh, crikey, we need, we need that in our lives. That makes, well, means we can be, do all of this stuff. And it's this, you know, the sampler that there are, there are trends and there are things in music technology, which greatly affect the output of music. But then there are also underlying trends, which I think are more reactive to what's going on in society, which is kind of what we're talking about a little bit as well. And I think, I think collaboration, I think you're right, uh, Jamie, as well. I think collaboration is probably going to be something that we... I, I'm already really looking forward to uh, the next EMOM. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, we'll be able to pull it off. I mean, the thing that worries me most is, will it be as good as the first one in terms of turnout? We'll be able to get more people to come and make it more. Because one thing I did find, and it, it, it's really... I would like to have more of a vibe in the room because everybody goes and sits down and listens yeah. and watches. And you. Th- I, I, that's why I didn't use camera shots so much because it was basically an entire room full of people that looked like me and i thought i quite like a bit more sort of some more youth and dancing and yeah. kind of reaction you know and people having a good time and it's and, and, and i i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but it, it when you have recorded it you go crikey that's that's what this room is and people were going why isn't anybody dancing or and you can kind mm. of understand it to a degree it'd be nice to maybe meld the two and make it an event that can apply can can people who appreciate the technology and that 
and 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 can you know sit and nod and and, and enjoy it that way but also people who just want to have a good time and can appreciate just the fur of the music that would be nice to somehow marry those things together um i'm not mm. quite sure how to do that um but I i'm gonna give it a go i know <laughs> you were you you were <laughs> i didn't i didn't see you dancing but i was busy so you know maybe you're, at various points yeah maybe um, we should just get a podium in a cage and some dry ice and some like you know a spotlight or something and you can uh, I'll, all right i'll okay. do that <laughs> well, I mean, it's interesting though because a lot of the time with, with the performance, it's it tends to be somebody stuck behind a bit of gear, and you see the top of their heads. And uh, you know, I've thought about maybe approaching a, a local sort of college and maybe sort of performance artists, you know, to have them along because some e-mommers are actually doing performances as well at the same time, you know, the acting or doing, using visuals and so on. And I think maybe there's there's uh, something on that. But, yeah, it'd be great if, you know, someone's doing some tracks and it's pounding, it's over 120 BPM, that everyone gets up and starts dancing. But um, I don't know, uh, maybe it's because it's the limited and, and, you know, 15 minutes and then it's over uh, and then there's a bit of a gap. Maybe well, I that, think so, but, but I, th I, I think to also to a degree, there's a probably a, a tipping point in terms of numbers who attend. I mean, we had, I don't know how many in the room, maybe 80 or something like that. If we had 120, then there'd be a different atmosphere because people wouldn't would have be, been able to yeah. sit down. They wouldn't have been able to sit down. They would have been moving around a lot more. There would have been more conversation, more noise, which would probably meant that the music turned up a little bit more to get over that. So it would have changed the atmosphere. I suppose that's what I'm looking for to a degree. You know, I mean, I've, I've, I've got a background in doing live sound gigs. You know, I've done, I did that for years and years and years. And I know there's a point at which it kind of flips, doesn't it? The audience will suddenly become engaged. And I think that you might be right, Jamie, that it's to do with the length of, performance as well 15 minutes people are still you know not sure making their mind up whether it's cool or whatever you know there's they need a bit more of that it's the warm-up period so maybe that's mm. i don't know but we make it any longer and you've got less act and it's more of a commitment for yeah. people to play and it's a bit more terrifying i'd imagine which is the idea is to make it a, um a, a, you know available isn't it and and whatnot yeah I think as well, because they are kind of sold as an open mic, and generally open mics are pretty much <laughs> majority of the people in the room are the acts. Uh, I mean, you know, the, the small fry were the ones that I do, so and that's how it tends to be. Uh, you go to any sort of Tuesday night open mic anywhere, and that's what it'll be. It'll be mainly the it's acts a community thing, there, yeah. yeah. It is, and, yeah. and I think maybe that's the thing that'll, that'll change over time. Um, I think uh, as well, people have got to know that it's there. You know that in, dotted around in in all areas, there's the moms or similar ones. Uh, I just think it's still, even though it's been a you know a good sort of year, really. I suppose it's still early days. I think, and um, yeah, yeah. But I think maybe for you, it would be you know, each one you have a headliner or two. Um, yeah, you know, that, maybe so. Part of it that that you know is going to do a specific type of thing that's known. Um, well, I yeah, think that's what um, we we're going to try and do this. I mean, I built all the posters I did just had live electronic music. That was the yeah. biggest thing about it, because I thought that would probably be the most descriptive way of putting it, which is exactly what it was. Uh, anyway, Ga oh, sorry, Gary. Yeah. With, uh, with, you know, with the EMOM thing that... Um some music is just easier to talk over than other music. Like if it was someone mm. playing acoustic guitar and singing, then to talk over that would be kind of wrong. You'd want yeah. disrespectful. But some electronic music, it's just not 
you can't really listen. You can listen to it, but if you're amongst a load of people, it's actually all right to talk and it still be yeah, really good going on and talking over it. And I just wonder how well or what maybe you and Jamie might think about that. You know, should you all should everyone be like super hushed? Now, funnily enough, at the Imam when George Hearn played, a hush fell across the room, and I think that's what made me think about this. Because mm. I don't know. Well, he was play- he just played an instrument live, that which was possibly the only one who hadn't. There was nothing backing him yeah. up, was there? It was just a live uh, performance, yeah. live synth jam, which is and it, and it sort of felt kind of like you know right then to be a bit more hushed. But it's also if people get upset if people are talking when they're doing their electronic music thing, or whether that should just be accepted and. I, I just don't know what what the protocol is. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I wasn't upset that people. I wasn't upset about it. I just think it would be nice if there was just. I mean, if it was 120 people all talking, then you turn the music up and it, you, you 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 force them back a little bit, and then you create a vibe to a degree by that. Or when the drums come in, they'll probably all sort of react in a different way. Anyway, we could go on about this for ages. I think it's fascinating, but uh, yes, will may may the movement continue? And uh, Jamie, when's yours again? Would you like to plug it? Where is it? And when? It is uh, Friday the 13th, actually, uh, at a oh, new dear. venue, the Royal British Legion, uh, here in Blackpool. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, I've got about, what is it, 11 acts so far. Um, wow. That's all I need, really. Um, so that will be from 7. And I will be live streaming it as well. Uh, so you can, uh, yeah, but I won't be doing, uh, I won't be showing the audience, because like I said, it's just the acts. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, well, uh, we'll look forward to that. Do do send us a, a link so we can plug it on our socials and everything as well. We'd be happy to do that. So, so, guys, what's next for you? I mean, you say you're looking for another um, creative musical venture that will take you out out on the road. Uh, have you got any leads, or are you just kind of? Uh... I've got well, I've got a new thing in Berlin uh, that's gonna Ooh. that was meant to launch last year, but mm, yeah, things stuff. happened. Uh, so hopefully that could lead into some interesting stuff. Um, Steve, me and Steve, I've got a whole bunch of things that we're going to be doing together, which I'm Excellent. looking forward to. Um, also, uh, Robin Vincent's Synth East event, which is yes, in of course. March, uh, and uh, yeah. I'm going to be taking part in that as well. Uh, and that sounds like that's going to be a bit, that's turning more into an event now, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah I really look forward to that. Hmm. So that that's looking good. Uh, can't wait to get back out of Berlin for Super Booth. Uh, oh yeah! <laughs> again, you know, everybody, look now. Now's the time, everybody. Put it in your diaries now. Everyone yeah. makes excuses. Oh, this May that, the other. May the fifteenth is it? I can't remember now which one. Oh, it let me have a look. Yeah, it's, it's the, it's the, the date. Yeah. So let's have a look. Super Booth, uh, but you know. So many people I know go, oh, yeah, oh, I couldn't do it because of this, that, or the other. There is nothing more important than Superbooth. I would agree with there that. There is nothing more important than Superbooth. So, yes, <laughs> get, it in your di- get it in your diaries. Excellent. Uh, 11th, May right. the 11th. May, May the 11th. 11th. 
Nice. Yeah. Well, we'll be there, of course. Uh, anyway, um, thank you so much for this rather freeform chat. I'm sorry about my technical malfunctions. In my uh, attempt to make things more slick, they actually got less slick, but that's often the way. Version 2.1 will be even better next week. But uh, um, thank you, everybody. Uh, lovely to see you all. Thanks, Jamie. I'm sure you've got more videos coming up on the YouTube channel. Have you got a show tonight, Gaz, or are you, uh, you taking the night no, off? Or? I've got a session tonight, so uh, no, no show tonight, I'm afraid. But I, I do want to bring my shows back uh I, I but i am going to be launching a new thing oh that's something i should have plugged earlier i'm going to be launching a new thing soon as well like a youtube based thing so keep uh i'll keep you posted about that but uh i don't want to say too much about it just yet but it's dead exciting yeah okay brilliant well that's it for this week that was sonic talk episode 741 uh the first of the new year um 2023 we'll see you all next time thank you so much for watching see you later bye bye now